them how their day was. Are you having a good day? Ask. Like pastor would say, if you ask that person doesn't answer, turn to the other person and ask. Are you having a good day? By God's grace, we're all having a good day. So this evening, um, as you can see, pastor's not around, so I have the, um, the responsibility or the burden of taking the tribe session for this evening. Welcome everyone joining us online. Uh, we pray that the, the Lord will bring his word fresh to you tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. And that which he does in this place, he will do in the confines of your own environment in Jesus' name. So today we're going to be talking about mask. Mask. Who's seen that movie, The Mask? An old movie, Mask. We're going to be talking about mask. That is the invisible veil that people wear, the invisible veil, mask. We're not just going to be talking about masks, we're going to be talking about what it means to actually wear a mask, the implications of wearing a mask, why people wear a mask, what you should do with a mask. Now, it's still like a broad spectrum, so you don't know where I'm going yet, unless you've been spying into my notes, but the Holy Spirit knows where we're going. And we pray that the Lord will grant us understanding in Jesus' name. So straight away, our scripture reading is from Luke 12, verse 1 to 3, the MSG version. Luke 12, verse 1 to 3, the MSG version. It should be on the screen. Okay. We can read together. It says, by this time, the crowd unwieldy and stepping out on each other's toes, numbered into the thousands. But Jesus' primary concern was his disciples. He said to them, watch yourselves carefully so you don't get contaminated with Pharisees' yeast, Pharisees' phoniness. You can't keep your true self hidden forever. Everybody say, you can't keep your true self hidden forever. Before long, you will be exposed. You can't hide behind the religious mask forever. Sooner or later, the mask will slip and your true face will be known. You can't whisper one thing in private and preach the opposite in public. The day is coming when those whispers will be repeated all over the town. That was Jesus talking to his disciples and was telling them what it, what it means to wear a mask. What it means to wear a mask. He was saying to them that get rid of your mask because sooner or later, the mask itself will come off even when you don't take it off. It's going to come off. You will stumble at some point when no one is watching you will forget, and the mask will come off. For clarity, we will define what, I mean, we use the dictionary uh, definition of what a mask, a mask is. 
And for this teaching, you know, I did a lot of research on what, I mean, the best definition we could find for a mask. So for this teaching, the, the most um, expressed this, the definition I think caught it, caught it for me is the fact that it says that a mask is a manner of expression. So if you are writing, you can begin to write. I hope everyone has the outline. You have the outline. We all have the outline and the trifolder. I have my own trifolder here, but I'm not using it tonight. See? If you don't have, they have at the back and you can buy one from the um, resource stand. So if you are writing, a mask is a manner of expression that hides one's true character or feelings. A mask is a manner of expression that hides one's true character or their feelings. What that's saying is that it's a pretense. It's something you wear as a pretentious covering. To mask, you can say to mask one's intentions. You hear it says the man was masking his intention or the woman was masking her intention. She was covering her true intention. She intended to do something else, but she put up a face, a facade, a mask to cover that intention. Another definition we could see is a mask, if you're writing still, is a full cover or a partial cover for the face used for disguise. A full cover or a partial cover for the face that is used to disguise one's true character. And a person that wears a mask is called a masker. The person that wears the mask is called a masker. I know in God's warehouse we are not maskers. If you are not a masker, shout hallelujah. I said, you're maskers, you're not everybody shouting hallelujah. I'll say it again. If you are not a masker, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. The third definition for this teaching is that a a mask is a covering for all or part of the face one that conceals one's identity. It is one to conceal someone's identity. It might come across to you that ah, this definition seems like we're tending towards the, the negative side. No, we know that a mask can also be a good thing because a mask can also serve as a protective covering. You know, like a paper cardboard or a plastic, a plastic plate you use, you know, to mask an area to protect it from maybe sunlight. You know, if you look at the the uh, church office cabin, we have a mask, a mask and a masking tape to cover um, external light so that when you go and give your anonymous um, testimonies, light doesn't distort that video. So, disclaimer, masking um, in broad terms is not necessarily always a negative negative thing. But for this teaching, we want to focus on the key key words we've used, disguising, concealing, hiding. Why do people want to disguise? Why do they want to conceal something? Why do they want to hide something? What do they have to lose? Why? Why? That's the question. 
And we recall that a few weeks ago, you know, Pastor took us through a teaching about character. And if you can remember, I hope we're all good students here, he says that your reputation is what? Your reputation is what others think about you, but your character is what? Your character is what? Who you are. I, I, I would like us to have an interactive class, if possible, as much as possible, make your contribution. So your reputation is what others think about you, but your character is who you truly are. So the fact that, and it's pastor told us that your reputation eventually becomes your character. So if I was related to the mask, the fact that a person wears a mask, a reputation, doesn't mean that that is the person's character. But over time, you can see that that character, I mean, the person could successfully wear the reputation for, for days or for weeks or for months or even years. That is make-believe, conceal their true identity. For years, for a long time, even at the workplace, you could have someone that you sit with, share the same uh, workstation with, and for years you don't really know the person because all the person has put up for you has, a, has been a face. You could have an employee, and for years the person could actually carry a disguise. You could have an employer, and your employer could be a drug abuser, and you wouldn't even know. You could have a spouse that is hooked up to maybe pornography, and you do not know because they are masking it. But what we have been told is that after a while, the person's true, the character, would eventually come out and become the reputation. So what I'm saying to you is that the mask that you carry would eventually give way for your character to come out, the true person, the true Richard Obama, so to speak, to come out. And at that point in time, when it comes out, it always has devastating effects. That's when you see people have, you know, um, disappointments. You know, I thought this person was like this. I thought that person was like this. Because for a while, you believed what the person was putting up for you. That is the mask. Praise the Lord. So, if we were to learn from Jesus, Jesus never wore a mask. Sometimes, like, when I read the scripture, I say, man, this Jesus can be quite blunt. Jesus called the Pharisees, you brood of vipers. Jesus did not mince words. I don't say go around cursing people. That's not what I'm saying here. No go around calling people brood of vipers and all that. Jesus never really wore a mask. I want us to read um, the verse of the scripture, Hebrews 4, 15. It says that, the Amplified Version, it's on the screen, yes, but I'll read. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weakness and temptations, but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how he feels to be human in every respect as we are. So Jesus has been tempted. Jesus knows what it feels like for someone to be tempted to wear a mask, for you to disguise or conceal or, or be someone else because of some circumstances you are going through. But guess what? Jesus never wore his mask. He was tempted and he was without sin. So Jesus was always himself all the time. Jesus was himself all the time. Jesus was never without himself. And as followers of Jesus, it's instructive that we should always be ourselves all the time. So people wear masks for various reasons. Some of them wear masks to feel comfortable. 
in a particular environment, to be comfortable with a certain group of people. Sometimes they wear masks to, to feel among, or they wear masks in places where they don't fit in. Let's say you are, you are in a, a marketplace and you need to buy fish, for example. And it seems like the, the sellers are tending towards the people that, I mean, since we're in Lagos, let's say Yoruba, they speak Yoruba. I mean, what will I do? I'll mask it immediately and start to form like I speak Yoruba so that they can actually still, uh, what's the word now, jale or fisi for me. Because I find out that the other people there are speaking Yoruba and they're just getting away with the woman or the, the, the fish seller. But me, I, I mean, an outsider, so to speak, comes and I say, Madam, how, how much do you sell your fish? Uh, this one, GJC. And they would eventually take advantage of you. So people wear masks to actually fit into a particular situation sometimes. They, they wear masks because they, they feel exposed. Sometimes you feel exposed, so you just want to mask it so people don't really know you know, what you are going through, they disguise their emotions or their feelings. You find out that husbands sometimes mask it before their wives. Wives, they mask it before their husbands. Parents mask it before their children. Children mask it before their parents. Siblings, they will mask it. You know, even in the Bible, you see sibling rivalries, masking it. So, straight away, how do I know if I'm wearing a mask? Or how do you identify someone that's wearing a mask. This is where it gets quite interesting. How do you identify a masker? How to identify a masker? So I'm filling our outline. The first thing you see there is, I want to take a quote from a man called um, Walter Anderson. I don't know if I remember to put it on the outline. It says, okay, it's there. It says, when it is dark and you are alone, do you ever say to yourself, what will I do when they find out I am me? I want us to think about that for a, for, a, for, a, for a minute. When you are alone by yourself, do you ever think and say, ah, if these people will find out, will they still accept me? Will they still, will they still take me in? Do you ever wrestle with that question? If you wrestle with that question, you are on your way to deliverance in Jesus' name. Amen. The first step to solving a problem is actually knowing that the problem exists. So you could say, you know what, all this masking is not for me, I'm not a masker, but I, I believe that at the end of today, we would have had lots of pointers to help us go back and reevaluate re yourself. Because while I was preparing for this teaching, I did evaluations on myself. I used the pointers to check myself to see what areas I needed improvement or what areas I was masking or not masking. Praise the Lord. So, someone, I won't say you, you identify a masker when you find yourself trying to please everyone else. That's the first one. When you find yourself trying to please everyone else, you are a masker. The problem with that is that after a while, your real you will shine. You can only please people for so long. I mean, where pastor said over and over again, the only person you can please is who? God, the Holy Spirit. If you try to please man, after a while, the walls will crumble. 
and trying to please people at all costs will prevent you from having an intimate relationship with them because people won't be able to get past that plastic, that facade that you have built up, that facade that you carry around every day. You know, a facade, I also did a, a, def, a, a research on what a facade is. You know, naturally, we know we use English many times and we don't really check what they mean. So when I hear facade, the first thing that, when you hear facade, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Pardon? What? Fake? I didn't hear that. Maybe, maybe you should help us. When we hear facade, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Someone, just two people. When you hear facade, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? When you hear facade, someone else, man, answer there. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Something that is not true. Something that's not true, okay? Anybody else? When you hear facade, first, first thought, facade. Pardon? Make believe. But you see, the dictionary defined facade like this. A front of a building, especially an imposing or decorative one. A front of a building, especially an imposing or decorative one. i give an example. Have you noticed that all around Lagos now we have this alubon going up everywhere? So you have old buildings everywhere, but you just put up alubon, and next thing, the building becomes new. Now, go into that building and go and check out the kitchen. La Safiva, I'm just saying. So if it was a restaurant and they put alubond, it still doesn't change the contents of the kitchen. So they could put alubond all they like, but it doesn't change what the chef does, how the waiters just take the plates and probably use their shirt to clean it and bring it out and serve you with the same or use, you know, what I'm trying to point out here is that a facade, you hear fake, but what I liked about it is that it says it's an imposing, so it's all up in your face, it's, it's fine, it's decorative, you know, but it is still not real. So when you try to please everyone, what you're doing is you're putting up a facade. It's a superficial appearance, it's an illusion, and after a while, it will fall off. You can identify a master when you find yourself being the overachiever and perfectionist who is crippled with fear, anxiety, and doubt on the inside. You're an overachiever, everybody knows you, you're the high roller, Mr. Getting Right, Mrs. Getting Right. But inside, you are crippled with fear. When anyone is watching, you are dead, scared, stiff. You doubt, and you are crippled with anxiety. You can identify an, a masker when you get <laughs> uncomfortable with topics like this. What's, this. what's this boy talking about? When the topic starts to make you uncomfortable, maybe you need to check why is it making you uncomfortable. When you feel like sensitive areas or areas too sensitive are being touched by subject matter like this, you can identify a masker. You can identify a masker when you fail to correct an erroneous impression. People have of you. I know that's a bit open-edged, but I'll, I'll qualify it. 
when you try to correct an erroneous impression people have that you are more glorified than you really are. So people are giving you praises for something you know that you are not so good at, but you are just chopping it like um, Herod Antipas. And what happened? He had the backhand of God. There's this movie I watched when I was much younger. It's called Money Can Buy Love. I don't know if you watched it. It's uh, like a high school movie about a young boy called Ronnie Miller, you know, that wanted to be one of the, you know, like the teenagers we call it, very good bad guys in school, one of the high rollers that people could identify with. And long and short, he went out to buy his telescope for a science project. And while he was looking through his telescope, just checking him all, the man was telling him all the effects, I mean, the benefits of his telescope. He just supported the most beautiful girl and the most popular girl in school called Cindy, Cindy, Cindy something, anyway. Cindy something was in the mall to exchange a dress that cost $1,000. She had messed up her mom's dress. Her mom was going to kill her. So she went back to the mall to try and exchange it. And Ronnie Miller saw, he scoped and saw that this girl is doing some transaction there, but he looked at she's in distress. And he ran there and he turned his $1,000 to be the most popular guy in school. Now, first of all, the part I like the most that I'm trying to relate to here is that. So, one of those days, Cindy Miller and her friends told the guy, you know what, we're going to go to the prom and you're going to go with us. And because this guy all his, all his life had been on his biology and chemistry textbooks, he's never danced before, then we had a problem. How is he going to dance? And the guy went, remember that he used to have the uh, American Dance Express at, let's say, 7 p.m. every evening. So, he, he runs to go to TV to go and see if he could watch it. But before he got there, his little brother was watching a cartoon, and he said, give me the remote, and the boy declined. So he said, I'm going to, he mentioned how many bones was in the boy's body. That's how intelligent he was. And he said he was going to break every one of those bones if the boy doesn't give him the remote in, in five seconds. So while he was struggling, the boy just flipped the channel mistakenly to African dance band. And yeah, Ronnie Miller just saw one funny dance step, African dance band. He, he copied it, you know, and next thing he went back to his, his prom party. And when he got there, it was time for Ronnie Miller to dance. Ronnie Miller started Zulu dance. <laughs> he started Zulu dance right in the prom. I mean, the, the, the proprietors and the proprietor, they almost had a heart attack because they knew what that was. Now, all the other so-called fake boys in the school, because they watch TV, they knew that that was um, African Zulu dance. And they were laughing, but the so-called cool guys who are always masking, they wouldn't know what it was. Instead, I started copying Ronnie Miller. Everybody started dancing Zulu dance in the prom. So what am I trying to say? <laughs> when you find yourself trying to take glory for something that you know you're not really good at, you're masking like Ronnie Miller. You're masking when you feel judged every time someone criticizes your work or your actions, even constructively. In such cases... You, you, they're saying to you that, you know, you, you, you find yourself saying that, you know, they, they should know better. Quote and unquote, they should know better. But they're giving you constructive criticism, but you take it as judgment. You're masking. You're masking when you find yourself trying to avoid judgment in order to gain acceptance. You don't want to be judged, you just want to be accepted by everybody. I, I, can, share, I can share an example that I always think about. You know, pastor in his magnanimity, he gives a word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit. You know in your heart of your heart that the Holy Spirit is talking to you. But you sit there 
And then pastor says, you know what? Okay, I'm going to call some other group of people. I know in his magnanimity, he calls some other less subtle case than your own. And so because it's not that, uh, what's the word now? It's not as uh, embarrassing, quote unquote, as it is. You join them and then you come forward. <laughs> You're masking. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Am I too... Does this sound like a judgmental topic? Because it seems like uh, if I drop a pin here, I could actually hear it fall. Praise the Lord. You are masking when you are forced to hang out with people you don't share common interests with. You have no business being there. But you just want to be part of the crowd, so you, you, you linger. You're not evangelizing, so don't say, you know what, I, I was trying to find a way to evangelize. You know that you're not evangelizing there. There was no opportunity. In fact, you were subdued in that place. But just because you want to feel among, you continue. So sometimes you find yourself stagnated in a relationship or a community, and you do nothing about it. You're masking. When your image is based on a false appearance, there's usually no growth. You can never grow on a false appearance. It's like building a house on a faulty foundation. Sooner or later, it falls. So a genuine passion often acts as a springboard for other similar interests. So if you're keeping up false appearances, you don't have a springboard. But if it's a genuine passion, it's a springboard for more success. Praise the Lord. So why do people wear a mask? Now we know how to identify maskers, right? We know how to identify maskers, right? I mean, the list is inexhaustive. There are more reasons why people, I mean, you can, more ways you can identify maskers, especially by the power of the Holy Spirit. But I just chose some. that I, I like practical things. So some things that I, I practically seen um, people do, or maybe I've done myself in the past, trying to mask. I, I, I prefer to talk about things like that, so it's original. So why do people wear a mask? Why do you have a mask on? Reasons why people mask it. Number one, the perfectionist mentality. People are always trying to be perfect. They are so strong in the process. But life just passes you by because you are being so strong. You are strong for everybody. I particularly am worried of people that don't have flaws. Once upon a time, I think I was, one, I was someone like that. I mean, I always had an excuse or a response for everything. Beware of people that don't have flaws, but yet they seem to see everyone else's flaws. They know everybody's mess up. They know the dates of people's mess up. Like Pastor will say it. They know what everybody else is doing wrong. They criticize everything else everybody does, but they don't have any flaws to talk about. Such people are quick to pass the buck. You know, they pass the blame. on. So it never ends on their table. There's always someone in the team that did it. As a leader, it's my, there's always somebody in the team that messed it up. You know, so, and I think, I said, why not sometimes take one for the team, you know? Just take a red card with a hard tackle. 
on your openness and just say, you know what, I did it. And now, am I saying you should entertain complacency? No, that's not what we're trying to say. You shouldn't entertain complacency, but sometimes you just own up for and say, you know what, I take responsibility. If you're a business owner, you don't say, uh, maybe let's take a dry cleaning service. Oh, okay, why is my clothes burnt? You don't mind that stupid boy. I've been trying to fire him for one year now. He's always burning people's clothes. I mean, I you should take responsibility for something like that, really. And then go back behind the scenes and reprimand who you want to reprimand in your team or try and encourage the person. You shouldn't burn clothes. You don't know what the person's issues are, actually. The perfectionist mentality. The danger with being so perfect is that you focus more on yourself rather than God. You focus on yourself and you lose the chance of intimacy with your father because the focus is on you. Number two, second reason why people mask it is a feeling of insecurity. They may be insecure with their true identity. There you begin to see people that suffer from approval addiction. You know, you have, you, you see someone go from, from 100 to zero in less than five seconds. You have, you, you, you had, let me use this, you have a beautiful hairdo you know that you are fine and your hairdo was cool, but you get to walk and nobody gives a compliment about your hair and your day's ruined. You got promoted and nobody congratulated you. These people are witches and wizards in this office. Your day is ruined. I'm not saying it's okay for people not to, yeah, of course, you celebrate the people that are celebrating, but I can never get over the, the testimony Pastor shared about a man of God is so admired, respected, and you know, he looked forward to the day he was going to shake the man and keep his hand in his pocket for one whole year. But as he gets to, I mean, the man was passing the paraphrase. I'm moving really quickly now. Moving to the, by, by the passage and he sees the man and he was stressed out of his hand and the man just walked past. And he went home feeling so bad, sulking. But God said to him, has there ever been a day or a time that you greeted me and I did not answer you? Has there ever been a time? Has there ever been a time that you greeted your father? That did not answer you. Praise the Lord. So I believe someone, we know one or two people like that, that in the ones that don't get approvals, their stomach will churn. <laughs> the Lord will help all of us in Jesus' name. The third reason why people mask it is a misplaced identity. They believe erroneously that this is what an identity should look like. This is how they act around here. Ah, so I mean, I might as well join these people in their act. Oh, I must fit in. <laughs> then you see people that wear multiple masks. That's a mask for every season or every gathering. Mask for socials. Mask for church. Mask for, you know, market mask. Shopping mall mask. You know, when they go to the shopping mall, everybody wears slippers and flip-flops and shorts. I wear my slippers and flip-flops and go to the mall. You know? When they go to church, or they dress like this. There was a video I was going to play, but because of time, I will not play that one. It's about the way people worship in church. And how they are worshiping, but their minds are actually... What they are, they are, Jesus said that these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. Very, very true. Multiple masks. Keeping up with the Joneses. 
That man has bought that car. I too will buy that car. You borrow. You're in debt. The man, he got bonus on work. So he bought the car. You own. December 31st, you're still struggling to pay debt. Praise the Lord. The fourth reason why people mask it is the feeling of vulnerability. Because they feel vulnerable, they feel threatened. So you know what? I might as well build up a bold face. I might as well put up a facade. Disguise myself, who, who I truly am. Hide behind that feigned strength. They hide away their weaknesses. Forgetting that Jesus said, or the Bible says, that in your weakness he is what? In your weakness is what? He is strong. When you are weak, he is strong. You know, you could say, and someone could be, go all Christianism on me and say, you know what? After all, the Bible says that in the day of adversity, if your strength fails, you are weak. I'm saying, it did not say that when you are around your loved ones, your true loved ones, that you should use that scripture erroneously. You are masking it. I don't know about you, but I, I will cry before my wife if I have to. <laughs> I will. I've cried before my wife before. But there are men that will never cry before their wives. I know someone told me that, you know what, I, my, my father never, be, he's never real with me. He doesn't, doesn't tell me the truth. So even when, yeah, he might say, the father might say he's protecting the child, but you don't want to become a robot before your child. Your child should know that sometimes, you know, I like this, the woman in um, the, the, the widow, the Shunamite widow. All is well. Yes, there's a part for all is well. But there's sometimes when you know that this thing has got me. Be vulnerable. Shed tears. There's a video I want us to watch. I hope we enjoyed the video. And then we'll talk more after the video. CMM, is the video ready now, please? We all like to look good. To make a good impression. To show everyone else we have it all together. Even though none of us do. The only way to pull this off is to put something else on. And that's something can we play is that called video a mask. And give some volume so everyone can hear it. A mask can help you get... Thank you. Here's the funny thing about people. We all like to look good. To make a good impression. To show everyone else we have it all together. Even though none of us do. The only way to pull this off is to put something else on. And that something is called a mask. A mask can help you get a job. I have over 12 years of consumer electronics experience. Playing video games in my parents' basement. It can make you look smarter. Organizational energies to maximize corporation synergy. I have no idea what I'm saying. And more dateable. I can't believe you're single. And I can't believe it's you're 25. I'm not single. I'm not 25. We use our masks to impress people. 65-inch LED TV. Oh, it was gorgeous. It was like only this thick. I mean, you know, it's expensive and all, but it is the best. You oh, so much debt. We use them to fool people. I thought I was going the speed limit, officer. We even use them to protect the feelings of the people we love. That was a beautiful song, sweetie. I'm pretty sure you're tone deaf. I think I'm just going to walk to school today. I'm kind of embarrassed to be seen with you. He sounds like a great guy. What are you thinking? You do not look fat in those jeans. 
So that's why they call it a muffin top. We all wear masks from time to time, but the craziest place we put them on is in church. Hello, brother! Amen! Greetings to you on this day that the Lord has made. Something about it makes us want to look our best. I'm fine! Sound our best. He hath blessedeth me so verily. And make like everything is perfect. Things are great! But behind every perfect mask is a perfectly messed up life. People with hearts that are empty, confused, addicted, hopeless, helpless, and hurting. People who think But here's the thing This is exactly the kind of life where God shows up Messes are his specialty The one thing God can't work with Is a mask So around here we have a saying It's okay To not be okay Nobody's perfect But grace is available We believe God doesn't love us if or because. He loves us anyway. We all like to look good to others. We like to make a good impression. But when it comes to God, the best impression you can make is to just be you. Amazing. Ye are blessed over me so verily, you know. I like that part, you know. Coming to church, you're hungry. Say, how are you? Say, I'm fine. (laughs) <laughs> you know something that happens? You know we don't wait to hear the person's response. Ah, oh, you, I'm just walking away. You know that? Most times you don't hear the people's response. I remember, was it uh, uh, Sam Chan that said, someone says that, how oh, are you? And the man started to tell the person how, how terrible his week had been. And the person shouted, hallelujah! <laughs> because he wasn't listening. Blessed of me so verily. But around here, it's okay not to be okay. Praise the Lord. It's okay not to be okay. So people wear masks, like you've seen from that video. Sometimes they suck. <laughs> Just stomach in. <laughs> so I the, the one pack or the zero pack, you know? And you hear someone sing, and you know it was a terrible tone, and you say, you know what? I know there's I don't want to mention him. Someone says that when there's, especially in church here, in God's way out, that when the person sings, that the angels, they close their ear. And they say, God, please make it stop. <laughs> okay, well, you know, God still accepts that worship. It doesn't matter what tone you use, you know. But really, that sound is uh, 10 or 15 keys at the same time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So next time you are tempted to mask it, I want you to consider these things. Or next time you see someone that is tempted to mask it, maybe you can help them by telling them to consider these things. Jesus, the master of the universe, he cried. He could cry. Just before he raised Lazarus from the dead, he he cried. In John 11, verse 35, Jesus wept. He says the shortest verse in the scripture. Jesus wept. Jesus was happy. He laughed. He smiled. He went to parties. He was not afraid to have a good time. I mean, you can say, but there's never somewhere in the scripture where it says he just laughed and smiled. But I can deduce. You know when you're in a party and there's music? In fact, he was even the producer of the best wine. Come on, Jesus must have been laughing now or smiling. That's in John 2, verse 1 to 11, the wedding of Cana. Jesus was scared. 
He prayed. The Bible says that his sweat became like droplets of blood. He knew he needed help. And he was willing to ask his father for help in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus needed other people too. You wonder, the master of the universe needed other people? Yes. He took his disciples. He told them, tarry here while I go yonder and pray. And when he came back, he says, ah, guy, you didn't sleep. Join me in prayer now. Pray with me. He asked his friends for help. Jesus saw people who needed a friend, and he went out and he hung out with them. I always, always say, especially to my wife, if you want to get friends, go out and be a friend. If you want to get help, go out and help someone. If you want love, go out and love someone. If you want trouble, go out and... That's just the fact about life, really. Tested and crested. Whatever you want, go out and give it. You will get it in return. Praise the Lord. So Jesus saw people who needed friends, and he hung out with them. He hung out with tax collectors. Ah, see Jesus from inside lounge. Yes, was evangelizing. Praise the Lord. So how do I lose this mask? Or how can people lose this mask? They can start by being honest with themselves. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. Unto thyself be true. Masking will never make that pain or that hurt go away. If you are hurting, what do you say? I am hurting. I am tired. I am hungry. I feel sick. Do you know, I, I, well, again, it's, it's a profession of faith. People say, you know what, my enemy is sick. I, I kind of struggle with it. You know, or I'm feeling, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling a bit strong. Ah, come on now. Tell me you have a headache. Maybe I can pray with you and the headache will go. Or tell me that, you know what, my bones, they hurt. You can say it. You say, you know what, these bones, they are hurting, but I know I will get my healing now. If we pray together, I believe in prayer of agreement. Because the Bible says when we agree concerning touching anything is done, agree with me that this thing is done. Don't say, you know, my, my enemy's bone is strong. The bone is weak. James 5.14, it says any of you is sick, you should go and meet the elders that they pray for you so you can become well. Jesus did not say you should say, you know what, I am strong. Well, it says when the, when you, let the weak say I am strong. So I guess that's where we deduce these things from. But you, you don't take it overboard. How can someone help you if you are hungry and you say, you know what, hallelujah, I'm filled. And I have like some money in my pockets. I will pass over and look for the hungry man. And I give the hungry man and he goes home. But you are hungry and you're not fasting or coasting. Praise the Lord. I remember um, there's this... Um, teenager I know, not a God's favorite teenager, but some, his, his sister worked with us and in our office and the boy used to struggle with the, the M word in the course of children here, yeah, the M word, you know, when we use codes, the M. And at the time, I was having sessions with the guy and he came to me one day and we talked about, we tried different things, but it seemed like he always used to have um, a, what's the word now, a, a relapse. 
And one of those days, I just felt like, you know, the Holy Spirit just saying to me to tell the boy that when this thing happens, just say, Holy Spirit, I'm so weak. Help me. And I said, you know what? When this thing happens again, just say, I'm so weak. Help me. And we prayed, and the boy went home. And he, he had the urge. He said it. Long and short, that word, Lord, I'm so weak, help me, deliver the boy. No more. He confessed it. He didn't say, my enemy wants to M. Lord, help my enemy not to M. No. He said, I'm so weak. Lord, help me. And was delivered. Talking about maybe four or five years till date. By God's grace, he has not gone back. And guess what? We've used that same. You know, sometimes, you know, we Christians, <laughs> when one thing works, that formula, take it everywhere. Use it. <laughs> use it. We use it for other people, and God helps people. Praise the Lord. Second way to lose the mask be discernible. Refuse to wear masks and play games. Can we build up that scripture? 2 Corinthians 4, verse 2, the MSG. It says, we refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. And we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open, the old truth on display, so that those who want to see, those who want to, can see and judge from themselves in the presence of God. I didn't say be discerning. No Christians are very discerning. But I think there's a different aspect. Being discernible is a different aspect. What does it mean to be discernible? People should be able to know you, that this is how you are. I like to use the illustration of Saul and David. David was very discernible. Saul wasn't discernible. They didn't know he was. Next minute, Saul was dancing with, you know, the, the prophets. You know, they say he was prophesying. The next thing, Saul was killing prophets. Saul was, you know, hanging out with the most anointed man in Israel. The next thing, Saul was in Babalao's place. He wasn't discernible. He was here and there. The Bible says that when you are lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. But David was discernible. We knew what David could do. David could play the harp. And when he plays the harp, demons will fly out. He was discernible. David could fight, bring on the bear. Bring on the lion. I rip it apart. He was a good shepherd. David could take care of sheep. So his qualities were identifiable. Do you know what David could do? And guess what? When you are discernible, right, the king will locate you. Discerning, being discernible makes you spotable by the king. You know, many times we say, David killed Goliath. That's how he became great. No, you know that David had already started casting out demons with a heart before he killed Goliath. Read the scripture properly. That happened before he killed Goliath. He was casting out demons. So they already knew this guy, right, as one that could cast out demons before he finally killed the demon that terrorized Israel at the time. Two kings discovered David. Saul the king and the kings of kings. God said, this is the man after my heart because he was discernible. Praise the Lord. 
A mask can literally rob you of your destiny. Literally rob you of your destiny. So don't be Maria, Sarah, Amina, Chidera at the same time. Someone could know you. You know, when a parent says, I know this is my son, he could do that. That's my son's handprint. In fact, he should even know you, God forbid, as a, as a, what's the word now? As a troublesome child. Or like, when they don't know you, you say, this guy is a saint. But when you go out, you break people's heads. And when they come, I, I mean, what I'm saying to you used to happen to us when we were growing up. My father would say, no, it's not my children. Because when, you, when the person comes to report the gravity of the crime, he didn't want to believe that. No son of mine. Even though I'm, I'm not such a good man, but I don't think any, any but maybe he was thinking, I don't know what he was thinking, maybe a child shouldn't be able to do this naturally. Maybe. I don't know what his thought was. So be discernible. So say, say I, put your name there, will be discernible in Jesus' name. How do I lose my mask? I ask for help. Do like Jesus. Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass me by. Ask for help. None of us are anointed as all of us. We hear that every time. Ask for help. Meet someone. You have life groups in God's house. Ask your life group leader for help. We have units. Ask your unit leader for help. Ask someone in your group. This is what I'm going through. You never know what the person will be able to contribute. They have probably have had that experience before, and they've come out of it. Ask someone for help. Don't be an island. Only the sick need treatment. Only the hungry need the fed. I've learned from my working with pastor that a man can only be as accountable as he wants to be. A man can only be accountable as he wants to be. You can never make someone more accountable than they want to be. So you can try, you want to help them, but it's only to the extent that they want to help, be helped. That's the, that's the only way they can be helped. If they don't cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy, they, you cannot help them. If the man tells you his problem is financial and you give him a million bucks, Tomorrow, find that million box. It's missing. You can't find it. It's gone. I remember about a few years ago, too, I and um, the, my head of units, we went somewhere. We had um, a difficult teenage case at the time. And when we got there, among, amongst the other things we're dealing with the person, we're, we're talking to this, this, this girl. And I felt the need to just ask her. Again, it's the Holy Spirit. When last did you smoke weed? And this person has been giving us stories of how they have cleaned up their act. The question came as a blinder. So she told the truth. Maybe something that looked like the truth, I still believe. She said last week. But it could have been maybe the day before. Because the person was just masking. I said the person was masking because the person went back to their old ways after a short time. My HOD was like, like, where did that question come from? How did you know to ask that question? You see, that young lady wasn't willing. She wasn't, she didn't want to be accountable. She didn't want to say more than she needed to say to get help. She wasn't asking for help. She was just saying what she felt we needed to hear. But the question took her unawares. So I can imagine if you don't ask that question, you don't even know that you are dealing with a substance abuse amongst the other problems. Praise the Lord. You know, 
many times we hear when pastor says that, you know, when he meets people, he, he, he asks the Holy Spirit, who is the person? And the person, the Holy Spirit introduces the person to, to them. I, I try to employ that, you know. Only once that the Holy Spirit told me, this person, I shared it with my wife, is this, and yeah, spot on, it was a missionary I met somewhere as well, a missionary man and his wife when in the travel. But many times when I ask, what it does is that it shows me their character. That's what it does to me. It shows me their character. And I get upset about their character. Because when I ask about this person, it begins to show me the deep things the person will not show to people. A character flaw. But I find myself getting upset. That why does this person behave like this? And one day I got to reprimand that. Is it because I'm showing you? Ask for help. Ask for help. Ask the Holy Spirit. Who's this person? It will show you. But don't be like me. Don't judge the person. Don't get upset. I don't think pastor judges anybody. He, he shares how, he shared some mind-blowing testimonies. But you don't see him looking at that woman and saying, that one sinner going to hell, or that one sinner man going to hell. He still, as a brother, takes everybody in. Ask for help. The last way, or the last means of losing the mask is what? Take off the mask. Take it off. Take it off. It's that simple. Put it off. Rick Warren, you know, we all know with Rick Warren, it says, wearing a mask wears you out. Faking it is fatiguing. The most exhausting activity is pretending to be what you aren't. Stop pretending to be what you aren't. It says that it wears you out completely. It exhausts you. Take off the mask already and be yourself. Ephesians 4, I read verse 22, 24, the voice. It says, Then you know to take off your former way of life, your crumpled old self, the dark blot of a soul corrupted by deceitful desire and lust, to take a fresh breath and to let God renew your attitude and spirit. Then you are ready to put on your new self, modeled after the very likeness of God, truthful, righteous, and holy, hallelujah. Your new self, take off the old, put up the new. Take off the old, put up the new. You see, the taking off, amongst, we mentioned a couple of ways to do it, but this taking off, putting off, is the only DIY you do. The one you must do by yourself. If you are given a Bible and you put it on the table, the Bible is not going to jump off the table and open itself and begin to read Genesis 1. In the beginning was the... No. The Bible is not going to do that. Or you just say, Bible, open to Matthew 11.35. And the Bible just opens and says, Jesus wept. No way. You need to take that Bible and read the Bible. If you are given a CD, you need to listen to the CD. If you are given self... I mean, help tips... You need to follow the tips. If you are told, spend quality time with God, you need to spend quality time with God. Take off the mask. And God will help us in Jesus' name. You see, God yearns to be real with us. How do I know? You know the story of Moses in the Bible. In Exodus 33, he talked about when Jesus, Moses went up to Sinai and he came down. 
His face had a glow. And because of that glow, the Israelites could not gaze upon Moses. So he had to cover his face with a veil, right? Every time he spoke to them, he covers his face with a veil. I read 33 and 34 of Exodus 33. It says, when Moses finished speaking with them, he covered his face with a veil. But whenever he went to the tent of the meeting to speak with the Lord, he would remove the veil until he came out again. Then he would give the people whatever instructions the Lord had given him. And the people of Israel would see the radiant glow of his face. So he would put the veil over his face until he returned to speak to the Lord again. But fast forward to Mark 15. Because God yearned for a relationship with us, this is what he did. In Mark 15, verse 38, it says, At that moment, the curtain in the temple was torn from in two, from top to bottom. Hallelujah. What was behind the curtain? The holies of holies. God was saying, you know what? I'm tired of masking it. I need to come out and let this guy see me for who I am. And he rent it from top to bottom. You see, the significance, I got this from the voice. That's the voice version. It says that, the significance of tearing the temple veil is a picture of what Jesus' death has accomplished. The temple sanctuary is divided into two sections, the holy place and the most holy place. The most holy place is a chamber so sanctified that only the high priest can enter, only the high priest. And the high priest enters only once a year. There, God's presence is manifest on the earth. A long curtain divides the two areas. And at the moment of Jesus' death, it was rent in two. The veil that serves as a means to protect everyone but the high priest from the power of God's presence is no longer needed. Because Jesus, on account of his sacrificial death, gives everyone access to God. Only God himself can rip the curtain in two from top to bottom opening the way for people to come into his presence. Hallelujah. So God yearns to have a relationship, to take off his own mask. What about you? What about me? He says, take off your own mask. I sing to you. I dance with you. I, I cry before you here in this place. I give my all just to be old, just to be near here in this place. Just you and me, everything so clear. Now I am free. Just you and me. I don't care who sees. Don't care who hears. Oh, I love this place.
the ultimate way to take off the mask is to turn and completely face the Lord Jesus completely cast all your cares and burden on him freedom in his presence the word of the Lord in 2 Corinthians 3 16 to 17 says but whenever someone turns to the Lord the veil is taken away for the Lord is the spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom let's bow down our hearts as we bow down our heads The Lord rents the veil that we may access him. He's made a call for everyone. He says, come unto me. Take off your mask. Take away the disguise. Stop concealing things before me because God cannot be fooled. God cannot be fooled. You cannot fool God. So if you're here or you're joining us online and you know in your hearts or hearts that you have been masking it, you've never been able to enter into the holies of holies even though the veil has been shredded in two. You still put up a front before God. Today is a, a good day for you to take your next step and be reconciled unto your Father. So why not put up your hands and then we'll pray with you. Put up your hands if you're here and you know that you have been masking it before God. Your relationship wrong. Your relationship with men, wrong. Your relationship with your Heavenly Father, wrong. It's been a facade up until now. Put up your hands and we'll pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. Put up your hands and we'll pray with you. As you have that card, why not speak to God yourself? Let heaven hear your own voice. If you're online, the instructions should be scrolling. Talk to God yourself. And tell him, no more mask for me. No more mask for me. Thank you, Father. We commit your children unto your hands, Lord. We ask that you that caused your light to shine, the gospel of the light of truth to shine forth in our hearts, and you will cause it to shine forth in their hearts in the name of Jesus. Thank you for shredding that veil that blinded their eyes. Thank you for opening up their ears to hear as you want them to hear. And their eyes to see as you want them to see. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Okay. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. So, do we have questions? Any questions, please? Any questions? Do we have any questions? 
Please put up your hand so we can see for the question. Okay, so I assume we were thoroughly understood or we were thoroughly confused. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. Okay, there's a hand over there. If you have a question, can we just put up our hands in one accord so that we just take it all? We know how many people are asking questions to manage time. Is that a hand over there? Okay, that's two. One, two. This one first, please. Any other hand? Okay, two. One, two. Go ahead, ma'am. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, when, we, when you were introducing the topic, you know, about masking and all of that, you said um, sometimes you were just trying to illustrate that the face we present in different scenarios, it differs. For instance, we go to the market and then you act a certain way or speak a certain way. And my mind went to the scripture where Apostle Paul said, when you are with the Romans, you act like the Romans. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, I mean, like you said, masking is not a bad thing, mm -hmm. but it's necessary sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then even bringing it down to, bringing it home and bringing it down to culture. Like when I go to the market, I can't be touche. I mean, even if I think I'm touche, I have to be, you understand? Because the, the market women and everybody around, they are looking for who to prey on. So you want to act like you know what's up, you know, so they can't take you for granted. So, I mean, masking is necessary in some, at some point. And like Apostle Paul said, you know, when you're with the Romans, act like the Romans when you're, so praise the Lord. Okay. So I don't know if it's a question or a comment, but. Th thank you. It's a, it's a valid comment. We did say that. Masking is not entirely a negative thing. There are some positives to masking. In that kind of scenario, I, like I said, I used my own myself as an example that I will mask because I won't want to be cheated in the market. But for, we're focusing more on the, the, the barrier, that thing that causes us not to have original relationships. Of course, you don't know the woman from the market. Your transaction probably will end in five or ten minutes. But after a while, guess what? Maybe after a while, you transact with the woman one week, two weeks, three weeks. Maybe your real self will come out. And next thing you might say, ah, this is my customer. You're too funny. You know, your real self will begin to, to, to manifest. You know, and maybe if you, you're rude, sometimes the woman will try you, warn her. She's like, ah, I don't know so you they hash like this, so. You know, so it still brings us back to the point that people are sometimes, you know, put up a facade, not in that kind of relationship per se, but in relationships that matters the most, like in church, amongst your colleagues. You know, you're among Romans in, in your office, uh, so to speak. Everybody's there for a purpose, and purpose is saying to ensure that the, the, the company grows. But then you, you find people that are just so plastic in their, in their work environment. That's the part we're actually talking about. The people that are so plastic. I mean, in a work environment, rather than hide my capabilities, I want to make my light shine. Because the Bible says I'm the light of the world. So I want to bring people to Jesus. So in that place, I'm not going to be masking that uh, I'm a, an atheist. Because there are many atheists in the office. You know, we don't talk about Jesus here. No way. I'm going to shout it out and shout it loud. Praise the Lord. I hope that's... Are we in unison? Okay, thank you. Second, please. What, what I wanted to say is actually related to what she just said. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask, what if in different scenarios you see yourself and 
The marketing is the only way you can help yourself out. Like, for example, you are in a school setup and you know if you don't mask, they will, they will pick on you and then you try to bring this illusion of the bold child, the bold teenager, and then you mm. scare them away. But deep down inside, you know you're not that bold. Or in a situation where, okay, I went to a church and one of the coppers, the coppers just finished, that was like six years back, he was giving a testimony that God helped him while he served in the north, that there were times that riots happened, religious riots, and what helped him was, at a particular time when he come in contact with them, he, he pretends to be one of them, he carries this veil and everything. So I'm saying in some situations, I think it is necessary. Okay. Again, we are, we are saying the same thing in some, in, in positive situations, so to speak, if that's anything like that. It is necessary to mask. Let's put it that way. But when it boils down, okay, maybe I say, when it boils down to relationships, relationships. Now, I don't think someone will have, um, that's not a relationship between a Boko Haram member and, and uh, a Christian. They are not friends. So I don't expect you to keep friends with a Boko Haram member, right? So in that kind of relationship, who knows? You might as well call yourself Abdullahi. I don't know. I'm not saying you should. You know, there's this um, joke about um, um, two masked men entering a church and says, with AK-47 and saying, everybody here that believes in Jesus, live now or die. And 80% of the church was flushed out. Everybody ran. Say some people, not this choir, no, the choir, let's choir the world. Some, some members of the choirs went through the window, some deacons through the door. In fact, some people just vanished. You know, they, they pulled a Philip on, uh, on the masked men. And after they had gone, the guys took off their mask and said, Pastor, we've gotten rid of the hypocrites. Only about, <laughs> only about 20 people remain. So, what are we trying to say? Um, of course, you know, I remember a teaching that Pastor we had about, um, was it about, I've forgotten one of the biblical bad babes about a lie. When you, if I can paraphrase, lie to save your life. Like when um, someone comes to your house, God forbid, and says, where's your husband? Where's your husband now? And you know your husband is inside the room. You now say, you know what? I'm born again. I don't tell a lie. My husband is in the room sleeping. You know, and we all agreed by consensus and say, you know what? My husband travels his last week old, and he's not coming back, but he has, he has divorced me. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I hope that's just, um, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, before we round up, we have the part for the commit. So, you're going to write down, and then we'll, we'll say it together. You're going to say, Father, Father, I commit to being real with you at all times. I commit to being real in my relationships. I commit to being real in my work with you and for you, Lord. I make this commitment in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Tell it in the cause of the time.